Welcome to episode three of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir, and I've been a middle and high school teacher, as well as a teacher of current and future teachers, and I love a good story. We're all living out stories, epics, and if you're an educator, you are a key part of your students' stories. The time they spend with you may be temporary, but the impact you have on them lasts long after their time in school which is why I love talking about ways to make that time more memorable and engaging and transformative. How do we guide our students in their stories? And as educators, how do we thrive in our own? That's what this podcast is about. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? So before we get into it, I just have to say what a thrill it has been to launch this podcast into the world. I've received so many emails and comments and reviews from you telling me that you've enjoyed listening. And that means so much. And it's just fuel to keep making more. So thank you for the feedback. And speaking of creating, I released a new video this past week called Teaching Is Not Easy. And I would love for you to see it. It's about the realities and the challenges of teaching and how hard and draining it can be, but also about the joy educators find in their work that often makes this difficult work worth it. So you can see the new video on my Facebook page, which is called Trevor Muir, The Epic Classroom, or my Instagram page, which is just The Epic Classroom, or on YouTube just by searching my name. I really can't wait to hear what you think about it. So I think you're going to love it. Alrighty, let's dive into this week's episode, which is called What Getting in Trouble with My Principal Taught Me About Setting Goals. How is that for an episode title? So... Let me tell you a little story. When I was uh, teaching at my very first school that I worked at, there was a class called advisory, and it was really all about career direction for high school students. And one time during this advisory class, I had one of my very best friends come and share with a bunch of students all about what his career life looks like. Now, my friend, he started off as an audio engineer recording audiobooks, and he did that for a while, and he, he just felt like he wanted to do something else. Even though he was educated and trained in that, he wanted to move on to something else in his life. And so, through a long chain of events, my friend became a realtor, and so, and, and he was loving it, and he was thriving in it, and it was working for him, and, and so I was like, dude, you have got to come and talk to my students, and so he came in, and he shared his whole story with my students, all the way from leaving high school to becoming an audio engineer, and then making his way into reality, and he was talking about how much he was loving it, and how it was working, and how he was finding success, and, and the whole time he was talking about his career, I was watching watching my students' eyes light up. They were really inspired by my friend's story. And I remember after he was done presenting to them, he was taking questions, and one of, his, one of my students raised his hand, and he said, so where did you go to college? And my friend said, well, actually, I didn't have to go to college to be a realtor. You actually have to take kind of a class in, in, in realty, and then you take a test, and once you pass this exam, you get your license, and you're a realtor, and you've kind of got to figure it out as you go. And so he said, I didn't really have to go to college to do 
what I was doing. And I remember the student kind of just put his hand down and his eyes lit up a little bit. And I remember after class, the students got to take a picture with my friend and it was just this fun thing. And as the students were leaving the classroom, I watched this student. Uh, he was just talking about like, I didn't know you could do this. And he was really geeking out about the fact that he wouldn't necessarily have to go to college in order to find success in life. And this was a fairly new lesson for this student. He's been told his whole life, like many, many students, that you have to go to college if you want any degree of success in your career life after high school. And he just learned from my friend, well, certain career paths, you don't have to do that. And so this student was geeked out about it. He was excited. He, to be honest, he wasn't a really quote unquote good student. He, it never really took to him. He wasn't really into the academic side of being in school. And so this was almost like a pressure release valve being in opened up. And he realized that there might be a career path for him. And he got my friend's phone number and he promised to stay in touch and ask for help when he got there. So he left there feeling excited about his future. All good, right? Like as a teacher, I'm like, oh, this is a positive experience for my students. They got to see somebody who achieved success and they learned about how they can get there themselves. So I left there feeling really good about that experience. Well, the next day I got called into my principal's office and I thought she wanted to congratulate me on the great guest speaker I brought in and for inspiring students, right? That, that's what I expected. But instead I sat down and she said, I heard from a student in your class that he doesn't have to go to college anymore. And that is not the message we want at our school. We want every one of our students to be preparing for college. What do you have to say about that? I said, oh, well, my friend didn't say he shouldn't go to college or doesn't need to go to college. He just said that he didn't go to college. And she goes, well, I don't want speakers at our school who are promoting that message. And I said, oh no, there was no message being promoted. It just, the student asked where he went to college and he said he didn't have to go to college for his career. She said, well, that's not gonna cut it. And so, long story short, I got a letter in my file for bringing in a guest speaker who is not promoting good messages to students. And for the rest of that entire school year, I had to submit my lesson plans before each day to ensure that proper messaging was happening from my classroom. I'll repeat that again. I had to submit my lesson plans every day to make sure that I wasn't bringing in guest speakers promoting not going to college, which I'm just gonna reiterate real quick, my friend did not do. Instead, he just shared his story and answered a question. Now, there are a number of things we could talk about with this. Uh, and, and, and as I was thinking about the story and what this podcast would be about, I was thinking, well, I could do a whole podcast on what this does to staff morale. I mean, to be honest with you, I quit that school and went to a different high school the next year. And it wasn't just because of this incident, but it was really about not feeling trusted and not being believed and really just the fundamental damage that did to my psyche as an educator uh, in, in that whole experience. And so I could talk about that and we'll talk about that some other time. Um, but 
I was also thinking like, well, we could also talk about the power of guest speakers because you cannot deny those students were fired up, not just about not going to college because many of them still wanted to go to college, but just to see what career and success and joy and, and contentment with life can look like from somebody who's actually in that place. So I thought maybe I could do a podcast on the power of guest speakers, which that's not what this podcast is. We'll talk about that some other time as well. And then I could also talk about, well, maybe we do need to talk about the paradigm shift that needs to happen about not just emphasizing college as the ultimate success for students, that there are alternatives out there and we need to emphasize those as well because every student has their own individual path and we want to try to get them and, and guide them to the path that is best for them. So we could also talk about that, but that's not today. But what I really want to talk about on this episode and we can break down all the other ones some other time, is this power of students setting goals and learning that they are actually attainable. Because here's the thing, even though I got in trouble and felt quite deflated after that experience, the student who was inspired by my friend stayed inspired after this incident. He learned that there was a path forward for him, and he actually might excel in it. You know, my friend talked about how, you know, being a realtor is about building relationships and being personable, and this student was a very personable student, and now he could start focusing that attribute of his towards a concrete goal. The student changed his approach to school, his behavior in the classroom, the type of effort he put forth. We saw a very different version of him after that experience, and I think it's because now he had a goal for himself. He, he was able to set this climax to his story and could start working on the rising action to actually get there. There's something very powerful about gaining direction. You know, I shared in last week's podcast about the power of purpose and how a strong why allows us to withstand anyhow, and that's really what drives heightened work ethic and behaviors. When we know what we want and it matters to us, we are going to overcome the obstacles that are in the way that, that, that stand in our way of actually getting there, and that's what this student did. And, and I I know that that student, I'm not sure if he's a realtor, but I can tell you the rest of his time in school that year, and I've talked to his teachers from years past, that that student stayed on that track. He was inspired moving forward because there was a concrete goal that he was moving to. School was no longer just this hypothetical gain information so you can make it to the next level. School started be, be, becoming about how can I get to this goal that I was setting for myself that was modeled for me in this guest speaker that, that I'm now I am driven to wanting to attain. There is so much power in being able and to, to set goals and having the willingness to actually chase after them. You know, I went to school to be an English major, primarily because I've always been decent at reading and writing. And so I thought, you know what, if this gets me a bachelor's degree and gets me out of school and keeps my parents off my back and makes me to the next level, which is what school often is for students, I'll be happy. And so I chose an English degree. And I got to tell you, for my bachelor's degree, I think my GPA was somewhere around 2.8. Not a really good showing for my academic career in college. And then through a whole chain of events, which I can share some other time, I, I had this opportunity to tutor a student. And I, and I was doing it purely just to make a little money while I was in my senior year of college. But then all of a sudden, I started seeing the joy of helping a student excel in her classes and in writing and reading and by the end of that semester that student who I was tutoring got her very first A in English class and I was like holy smokes 
I didn't know that I could take my knowledge and my skills and transfer them to someone else. I didn't know I could guide them and help build their confidence in this way. I was fired up about this prospect now of becoming a teacher. When I started my bachelor's degree, I had no ambitions of becoming a teacher, but now I had a taste of what it could look like. And I started kind of pulling back into my own story and thinking about the teachers who moved and shaped and guided me. And I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to become an educator. And so when I graduated from Florida State University with my bachelor's degree, the very first thing I did is I went and got a job at a long-term care pharmacy packing pills nine hours a day. Were you not expecting that? No, the reason I was doing that is because it paid a whopping $11.25 an hour, which was just the amount of money I needed to go back to school and get my teaching certification so that I could actually become a teacher. And so now I'm working 40, 50 hours a week at a very, very dull job as a long-term care pharmacy uh, technician so that I could go to school at night so that I could become a teacher. I was developing work ethic for the first time. I was grinding it out and I was going to school and I was giving my very best effort. I was still writing long essays and taking hard tests, but now there was a reason for all of that work. There was a reason for all of that learning. And long story short, after two years of this teacher certification program that I would do at night when I wasn't working during the day, I scored a 4.0 in college. In my master's program, I received a 4.0. Now, Did I all of a sudden just gain a lot of IQ and the ability to do better in school in those two years? No, I was just now driven by something. I had a very concrete goal for myself, which absolutely fueled my work ethic and my performance and my grit and my hunger for working hard and excelling. This is what goals do for you. They help get you to where you want to go. They're they're the fuel for the trip to actually get where where you want to go. And, and what I've found is it's not just having a big goal that gets you somewhere. It's the small steps along the way. I, I really believe that small steps lead to that giant leap. Setting and achieving goals isn't about knowing how you'll get to the end result, but rather understanding the incremental steps needed to edge you closer to it. Uh, there's a Stanford psychologist named Kelly McGonigal. He says this brilliant line. He says that you can make very, very small changes that are consistent with your big goals without having to understand how you're going to get to the end game. Essentially, when we know what we're aiming towards, we're willing to take those small steps to get there. It's the big and small of it. So if you're an educator, you probably have goals yourself that you are working towards, whether you're trying to get that master's or your doctorate degree. Maybe you're trying to pay off your home or save up for a vacation or or move to a different classroom or move into administration, whatever it is, I'm guessing you have some type of goals for yourself. Now, I personally think it's beneficial to let students in on this process for you. Like, what does it look like to set goals in your own life? What are you doing to achieve them? You know, model them. Model what goal setting actually looks like. Because a lot of students don't know what that looks like. They've never had to metabolize what goal setting looks like. They might not have an example of an adult who has goals in their life, who have ambitions. And you probably have that. And so I think one thing that we can do to help students achieve success, which is often rooted in setting strong, concrete goals, is to model what that actually looks like. Let them know how you're working towards a goal. What small steps are you taking? You know, I remember I was teaching a class of high school seniors. 
and I was driving a beat up old Subaru with, which had a lot of mechanical issues. And I remember I really wanted to upgrade my car. And the one that I had my eye on was called a Ford Fusion, a 2014 Ford Fusion. That's a powertrend safety winner of the year three years in a row, by the way. This was, this was a grown-up car. And so I wanted to get a Ford Fusion, but I didn't have the money for that yet. And I remember telling my students that, hey, guys, there is this car that I really want, and I'm hoping to buy it in December. And I was kind of just letting them in on what that looks like in my own family, how we're saving up, how we're putting money aside, how we're working towards that goal. And I remember when I finally pulled up to school in that Ford Fusion, my high school senior saw me drive up and they knew that that goal was achieved. And we all talked about it and laughed about it. And they gave me a hard time for uh, driving a Ford Fusion, which come on guys, it's a fine vehicle. And, and it was really just this lesson for them. Like, Hey, I set this goal. I didn't just go buy it flippantly. I, I set the goal and I worked my way towards it. I modeled what that can look like. And I think that's really important that we see ourselves as educators, as modelers as well. And then also I think it's important to let them practice goal setting. You know, as I was preparing this podcast at home on the couch, as I was kind of outlining what I wanted to talk about, my seven-year-old named Jack, he asked what I was working on. And I said, oh, I'm writing about setting goals. And it was so funny. He lit up and he said, oh, daddy, that's what we're doing in class. So I, I asked him a little bit more and I dug in deeper. And in his second grade class, his teacher is really trying to teach them what goal setting looks like. And so I was like, well, how does, what, what do you guys actually do? She said, well, what's your goal for reading? His teacher asked him, what's your goal for reading? And he said, to become a better reader, which to a second grader, that is a very concrete goal. And it's a measurable goal. And, and it really can be measured by how much books you're consuming and what kind of style books you're reading and how often you're reading and all this. So his end goal was to become a better reader. Now, this teacher has some amazing ways of getting them pumped up for that. So second grade teachers, all you elementary teachers, you are marvelous people. So he was excited about achieving the goal of becoming a better reader. And one of the ways to do that, she told them, is to reread past texts that you may have struggled with the first time. So maybe you read a book and you determined or you, yeah, you saw that you weren't excellent at reading it, one of the better ways, one of the ways to become a better reader is to go back and read those book again. And so at the beginning of the week, she has her students write their goals on a sticky note for how many times they'll reread that week. And they put those sticky notes in a specific folder. It's their goals fo folder. And each time they chip away at that goal, meaning they go and reread a book that they'd read before previously, they remove one of the stickies from their folder. And if the end of the week, there's no more sticky notes in there, they, they can say, oh, I'm a better reader now. And the way we did this is we chipped away a little by little. We removed a sticky note per day or twice per day until we got to the, the place we wanted to be. This is goal setting. This at its earliest level is teaching students how to set a goal in the hypothetical future and some actu actionable steps to actually get there. Now, for a larger scale, we can also practice this with, with class projects because class projects are ultimately about doing a bunch of smaller tasks to complete a larger one. They're about accomplishing something or achieving a goal. And I'll keep sharing more and more uh, examples of projects on this podcast because I love a real project experience. But I can tell you a couple years ago, I helped an alternative high school plan a project to clean up a river that flows through their local neighborhood. Now, these students that I was working with and their teachers who I was really working with, they live in a city 
where the river that flows right by their school is heavily polluted and really unusable for any recreational purposes for students. So they've got this, at one time, beautiful river, and it is absolutely trash, and there's pollution on the riverbanks, and there's pollution in the water content. And so we plan this project where students were going to give the op- be given the opportunity to do something about this river. And so their end goal was to clean up the river and make it usable for them and for their, their younger siblings in the area. It was, it was a goal that they really actually cared about. And so to start the project, we planned this together, and then they actually did it. The teachers took the kids to uh, where that river started, about 20 miles upstream, and this is in a much more rural area outside of the city, and the students made note of what the river looked like. It was clean and pristine. There were parks along it. They did some science uh, experiments, and they saw that there were hardly any pollutants in the water. It was beautiful, and then they tracked the river down back to where their school is, and they saw the condition that it's in, and they started having some really big questions about why is the river so much more polluted where we live versus out in the countryside. And so the students did some planning and coming up with ideas of what they're going to do about it. They, they, they took their ideas and they presented them to each other and they fine-tuned them. They learned about the science behind the river and that they're helping to save. And they started creating materials to attract people to come and help clean up this river. They organized a cleanup day where everybody in the community was invited to come and help make this river a better place for everybody. And then at the end of the project, they held a huge community showcase that a county commissioner actually attended where these alternative high school students pitched their grand ideas for cleaning up the river. That was their goal. And by the end of this project, they achieved it. Now, it wasn't just about like, okay, we want to present our ideas to influencers and and it's just going to happen. No, there's a bunch of things that have to happen along the way to actually get there. There's chipping away at the big goal until you actually get to that point. And then at the end of it, I remember I went to their showcase. It was beautiful and they had these awesome projects that they were showing and everybody who attended the showcase was blown away by what these students had planned and created and there was a payoff. These students saw that you can set goals and if you stay with them and you keep working along the way, you can actually achieve them. You know, this is a fundamental skill when being a human. We are driven by passion. We all are. Those students cared about their river and their community. My son cares about becoming a better reader, and that student cared about his future, especially when he learned that it could be a bright one. Now, I don't know if he's a realtor or not, but you can see what I'm talking about here. He saw that there was a goal, that it was attainable, and he there was something he could actually do about it. This passion is what drove his work. This passion is what drove all of his further work. Now, like I said, there are many, many different paths to success. And sometimes college is that path. Sometimes it's tech school. Sometimes it's passing a realtor exam. I don't know. There's a lot of different issues. And I think um, we should dig into that soon. I think that would be a helpful podcast. But for now, let's help our students set goals and let's teach them how to accomplish the small ones in order to tackle the big ones. And I want to leave you with this. What goals are you setting for yourself right now? Whether in the classroom or outside of it, I hope whatever they are, that they're driven by passion because that is the fuel that keeps us moving forward. We are driven by work that inspires us. And remember, the same applies for us. Big goals are achieved by accomplishing a bunch of small ones along the way. 
big picture thinking is actually a lot of small picture thinking. And this can lead to impatience as we want results to get to that finish line. But I have found over and over in life that setting those big goals is mostly about figuring out your path and that it's the path that really matters most. So let's set those big goals, but don't forget about the journey that you are on to get there. So thanks, my friends, for listening to this podcast. It is such a joy to get to share some stories and ideas with you, and I am honored and a little mystified that you're listening. I hope you'll share the podcast with anyone that you think might be interested in listening as well. And please take a second, if you haven't already, to leave a review. That helps more people find out about the show. New episodes drop every Monday, so keep an eye out for the next pod coming soon. I'm Trevor Muir, and this has been the Epic Classroom Podcast. Thank you for what you're doing to make learning into an unforgettable story for students. And of course, for making learning epic.